All right. Welcome to the Saniac Podcast. This is Shawnee Suisa, and I'm joined by my sometimes lovely co-host, Mr. Calhoun. Calhoun or Baboon, if you're feeling casual. Before we sign ourselves in and get started on today's episode, we have a little housekeeping to take care of. We'd like to bring awareness to an amazing organization called Fight, Film Intervening Getting High Team, and the very terrifying horror film they are releasing in October called Habit. Trust me, I've seen the trailer and it is fucking scary. (laughs) Habit stars MTV alumni like Sabrina Kennedy, Emily Fitzpatrick, and MTV's golden boy, C.T. CT. Yay. Fight is run by CT's childhood best friend and fabulous filmmaker, Johnny Hickey. He's also an amazing guy with a pretty crazy life story. So hopefully we'll get him into the studio and on the show soon and we can dive deeper into that. Johnny and CT will be touring 10 U.S. cities this coming October and November. Follow Habit Movie on Facebook for more updates and visit fightopiates.org for more general information on Fight the Organization. Next up is Pretty Little Pop Art. Pretty Little Pop Art produces logos, portraits, and tons of gift items for friends and family. You can follow them at Pretty Little Pop Art on Facebook and Instagram. All right, Saniacs, it's time to sign us in. All right. Hey, Zach, how's it going? Shani, that was such a pro ad read. I can't even Thank you. begin to to like sum it up. That was a one taker. You know, sometimes in the business, people will you know, record these things ahead of time, mm-hmm. do a couple takes at it. That was yeah. a one shot. Typically, I fumble. You know, I mumble. I I get things wrong. But I really wanted to make that point clear. It's a great organization. We got to keep absolutely. It. And uh, it's just a sign of you being a pro in the business. Thank you. All right. So start us off today, we are going to do some pre-episode drama because the challenge world was full of it this week. Oh wow. People have really been waiting <gasps> to go over this with us. Like people want to talk about this stuff so badly mm-hmm. and I'm really excited to dive into it. Um, some hot button <laughs> issues, some seriously hot button issues. Yeah. And we're really going to need... I mean, there's a lot of people who have more knowledge of this and are closer to it than than we have been. So I'm really hoping that we have some people that we've asked to come in that that can chime in in the comment section and figure out what is going on with the grunt guy Mm -hmm. and with the challenge throwdown events. Definitely. I think that there's there's a lot happening there. I think it's really funny that there was some challenger in real life group chat drama alongside virtual challenge group chat oh, yeah. drama this week. So I thought that was pretty cool to see side by side. Um, but yeah, definitely some grunt guy juice for sure. We might disagree a little bit on this. I feel bad for the guy. I'm I'm with you. Um, when I when I listened to what Susie and Sarah had to say. Mm. Um, and when they spoke to drunk guy, it was, it was humanizing. Like you could see that he's like over his head. Yeah. Um, but I know that some people feel kind of shady about the fact that he said on brain candy that he lost $12,000 on the New York event. I know a lot of people were like, well, based on all the money that we paid based on the insane amount of people that were there, like, how could you lose $12,000 on that? 
Well, it's super fe- I mean, it's super easy to lose 12K on an event like that. If you think yeah. about just cost of location, cost of the cast coming in, is he flying people in? Is he putting them up for accommodations? There's so much at play. You know, the bar, I'm sure that they comped some of it so drinks were cheaper. It's I, There's so much that, that, you know, could have led to him losing that money. But I do see why people think it's shady. He seems like he's just someone who's so in over his head. Mm-hmm. I mean, just has no event planning experience or social media media experience i've reached out to him a bunch of times trying to help him giving him ideas giving suggestions he's sort of not picked me up on that offer and that's you know that's really his uh it's his mistake because i could definitely help him a lot um but it's sad that he took on this huge project especially because it was supposed to be something that was supposed to be for medgift um and didn't really follow through on it properly or execute it properly so that's definitely the sad part there for me is that you know the charity aspect is just sort of gone Yes. And a lot of people have told him, and I think he's going to adopt this, like, don't publicize the charity portion of it as much. Like, if if that part of it is not going to be followed through on, it it just looks shady. If you're not able to properly deliver on that end, you know, Mm -hmm. you can tie it in, encourage people to donate. Don't say, like, you know, all these proceeds are going to Medgift or yeah it just shows his experience because he didn't realize how expensive and time consuming everything was going to be so he just assumed that he would have you know tons of profit left over to to donate but that's you know again just really Mm -hmm. shows his inexperience and his lack of of knowledge in this area i know a lot of people that well i shouldn't say a lot but there are a couple people that we've run in like that we know on, on our chats who are saying that they ordered T-shirts that were never sent out to them mm. or certain merch. Um, they're still waiting for refunds on one of the events that was canceled. We have a, we had a couple of people that were going to go to the Austin event. Oh, and yeah. that got canceled. Texas event is canceled. Misty was really yes. sad about that. Yep. Yep. So people are still waiting for their refunds on that. And it's 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 kind of messy. It's unfortunate. And I, I think mm. that whatever happened at this New York event started like this, this tailspin and people started turning on it. And now he's getting a lot of bad press. And I'm, I do think his intentions are probably in the right place. I think so. Also, I just think he doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. I think it just comes to that. I think he just doesn't have the know-how. Um, but I mean, you know, he got ripped apart by a few commenters on the Brain Candy podcast. So I think that was really disgusting what some of them were saying. I didn't actually go and read it myself, but I was relayed a lot of the comments and I just thought they were pretty horrific. And on top of that, they were by a moderator of the Brain Candy Crush group or an admin. So Mm -hmm. that's a little something there um, that I think, you know, really needs to calm down. In terms of the group chat thing, so the grunt guy was actually added to a group chat (laughs) by some fellow challenge uh, VR people of ours and you know it's sad that one person got all the rap you know took all the blame for this whole little ordeal but at the same time i totally understand the position um that everybody was in and you know it was a hard hard decision to make um but something had to be shut down because this idea of adding people into group chats you know just to shit on them Mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a healthy concept that we can you know, we can't we can't have that within our community we can't imagine people add in cast members <clears throat> which has happened into group <laughs> chats and you know unless they're dan walsh who's a comedian and he's cool with it and is going to respond some funny stuff you know yeah. that could push that could push the cast away from ever interacting with fans and you know that's a big deal for me i reach out to them on facebook all the time i want yeah. them to be able to answer me still yeah, you want them to feel like the, the lines of communication are, are open and it's fair. Mm. I was not a big fan of that 
you know, a couple months ago when that happened, all the cast members getting out of the chats and people, you know. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, there's going to be a lot of trolling in that setting, but sometimes people take the troll a little too far. And then, man, Grunt Guy getting added in to the one chat, it, it got it got ugly and... It got ugly. I think it, it was also just ugly because of how everybody went about it. It was pretty straight bullying. You know, he got it into a chat just to be, um, you know, criticized and yeah. sort of called out. And, you know, those people who added him went to the event and they have some, you know, they have a right to feel that way that they felt. You know, they have a right to feel like they were taken advantage of because they were. Maybe it wasn't intentional, but they still did you know, lose out on certain aspects they were promised of the event. So I feel for them, and I understand why they feel that way. I just think that, you know, going about in that route, not ideal for the challenge fan community. So let's try yeah. and keep ourselves out of sticky water. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Grunt Guy, he needs help. Reach out to me, Grunt Guy. You need help. This LA event is not going to go so well unless you seek out. The LA event could be so big mm. if he, you know, if, if the proper preparation is put into it. Um, and you know, he really does need to concentrate on having these events in these hubs where you don't have to fly so many people in and lose yes. so much money. That's where <laughs> so much of his money is going. Like, you know, mm. if you're flying Durrell from Northern California to Philadelphia and to all, all, all your events on the East Coast and you're getting a lodging, like, that's, that's a lot of money yeah. already off the top. Yeah, definitely. It'd be easier if he did it in the hubs. I mean, L.A. is a huge challenge alumni hub. There's some of the greatest old school cast is here. Uh, so he has access to tons of people. So he could make this an amazing event if he really put himself into it. I just don't necessarily see that happening considering the track record so far. So we'll see, hopefully. Um, anyway, so let's talk about the Cara Angela group chat drama. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if people know what happened with that. But while we were going through some group chat drama, we had Kara, who was in a group chat with Angela, Polly, Natalie, Jose, and maybe some other people. And Kara didn't realize that Angela was in the group chat, which I don't know if that's true or not, but that's just weird. Check the fucking members if you're going to shit talk someone in a group chat. And she said that that Faith and Angela had been Thirsty Thoughts the first episode. <laughs> the hypocrisy. I, 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 uh. It's so hard for me <laughs> to contain the rage that I feel over this. And every week, I like Kara less and less. Mm. I said before, I really used to like Kara. She was one of my favorite characters on the show. Mm. I cannot stand her anymore. I, I, She's I, changed. I, I can't do it. Mm. Like this is prime example <laughs> right here. Yeah, not only the hypocrisy in the sense of what happened with Kara on the first episode of the show, but it's hypocrisy in the sense that her and all her crazy stands, they all say like Kara doesn't start with anyone. People pick on her, and then well, that's that's a clear example of her talking shit. Mm. And if it's to be believed, trying to talk shit behind someone's back. And getting caught doing it. Literally. I think she's stuck in a she's stuck in a spiral. She's stuck in this rut where because she's made herself such an easy target from the cast, she's constantly sort of in that limelight in that way. But at the yeah. same time, none of her reactions or responses 
would lim- like would minimize her target. You know what I mean? She just makes it worse for herself every single time. So instead of chilling out and making you know her life a- ten times easier, she always makes it worse. Always, and I just don't understand why. <laughs> it's it's indescribable to, to me. Um, <laughs> so around this same time. Continue on the subject of Kara mm-hmm. on one of the challenge Facebook pages on Challenge Talk nice. on the Challenge Talk Facebook page. I'm a new member of. Yes. Oh, oh. Welcome, welcome in there, Shani. It's building it's bridges. Coming, and we do want to give them a shout out. You know, they did promote tonight's Q and A. We do appreciate that to all the admins over there. Um, I would say it's not. I don't. I don't think it's wrong of me to say that. You know, there's a fair amount of Kara stands in that group. You know, yeah. that's, that's a Kara stronghold. It's quite a Kara dominated yes. fan base so, over there. <laughs> somebody proposed. I would say is a pretty viable question on the page. They said, "Who's the better competitor? Who do you got, Kara versus Sarah?" And everybody's everybody's. Yes, Sarah Rice. Mm. Everybody is, you know, going in for Car, saying, yeah, Car would crush her, Car would crush her, and all this stuff. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, there's some recency bias at play here. Because mm. it, <laughs> I, I, I don't see the advantage. Like, I know that Car does these, these CrossFit weightlifting videos, so people think she's, like, super strong. But, like, who does she really beat? Mm. Her elimination went against Nia. That's that's what she has in the bank. But then I heard people saying, like, oh, Sarah flopped in the finals. And I'm like, she flopped in the finals of Cutthroat. That was, like, 10 years ago. Yeah, and she Crushed even said team. that wasn't really her. That wasn't really her. That was sort of a flop. It was. Yeah, she has said all. multiple yeah. times that she flopped and that she, like, you know, she just <laughs> ate cheese and didn't work out that whole time because based on Susie's <laughs> advice because Susie did the same thing, which I find funny. Um, that's hilarious. But Susie. Yeah, she, she ran the Rivals 3 final, she ran the X's 2 final, and she crushed both of those. Mm. And elimination-wise, Kara does not fare well. In, there's so many circumstances where Kara does not fare well. Mm. And a lot of people disagreed with me, but... I mean, you were in the car. Yeah, you were in the car fan I was, fan I was in right the there. stronghold. Yeah, yeah you were right I, in I the was middle. surrounded, and that's fair. Uh, I understand what I was getting myself into. Uh, and then I watched Fear Factor last night. Oh, I didn't watch that. Fuck, was that last night? Uh, I fucked Shani, up. Shani, <laughs> I fucked <tell> up. Kara <laughs> and CT on Fear Factor last night. It was like watching Kara on. It was like watching Fresh Meat to Cutthroat Kara. She was terrified. Like she flopped at every single competition <laughs> they did. The first competition, they had to dunk their head under like fish chud. Oh, I saw. Torian she would and not Jordan go. Did that. She was the only person who did not go under. She was terrified. She didn't go under. It. She did not go under. No then, way. She was like almost crying when they had to walk across a balance beam with with fireballs being thrown at them, and then her her just ineptitude and in water challenges on on the last one cost them cost them the win against Tori and Jordan. I, and I'm honestly life. kind of surprised about that because I feel like she always talks about like her being good and those kind of things. Yes. Yes. And it just, it showed a side of Kara that people don't see on the challenge as much anymore because one, you know, she gets favorable edits. Yeah. Two, that's true. She doesn't really get called into eliminations anymore. And, and you know, she's, she's, she's got strong political status. Um, so you don't really see her compete the way that she used to have to. But it does remind you that Kara goes up against these people sometimes and just 
just flops and is outmatched. And I really think Sarah would be a tough match for Car because there's no weight advantage for Car. There's no strength advantage mm. because I, you know, Sarah's Sarah's well built. She's put together and she's taller. Yeah. And they're both in. You know, Sarah can run too, and she can climb mountains. Sarah also <laughs> has that thing inside of her that I think a lot of competitors don't have, which is this zero pressure competitive spirit so mm -hmm. when she goes into an elimination like when you saw you know when it was battle of what is it battle of the seasons when her and chet would just volunteer and oh, yeah. would, you know set a precedent on a team that you know looking at the team i mean they had what Devin and jd it wasn't like they were setting examples for super mm -hmm. strong individuals so they really had to step up and you know they would go into eliminations and just be like this is how we're going to handle it and you know this is what we're going to do and we're just going to come out of here and i think that cara ha sorry sarah has that in spades whereas cara has the exact opposite which is a full-on sort of freak out mode that she likes to get into um and also this sort of victim mode where you know if things don't go her way it's all yeah. you know woe is cara um, you know, why am I in elimination? Why am I sent home? Whereas Sarah has had some shitty luck throughout these seasons being sent home from her partners and so many different instances. And she's never really been super victimizing of herself. You know, she has to some degree. Obviously, there's a little bit of that in everybody. But compared to Kara, definitely not. And I think Sarah's smarter she works better under pressure. She's savvier. And yeah. aside from maybe pure strength, I think Sarah beats Kara in all categories. And the one thing we know about the challenge is that pure strength isn't the only thing that's going to matter. So yeah, that, that's really important fair fight. to summarize. And I need to put it out there. I'm not a Sarah stan at all. Oh, me either. Oh my I don't God. like Sarah that much. She can be <laughs> annoying. Everybody knows that. But I, you know, I really like to look at this show in an unbiased fashion mm. and, and people like <laughs> want to debate these things. Well, you have to, you, you can't debate with a stand. Yeah. That is my, yeah, the, you can't because they're only going to see it one way and it's towards the person that they have an unhealthy obsession with. Um, <laughs> it just, it just comes down to the fact that I think it'd be a really even matchup. Like, yeah, if it was a headbanger style elimination, then Cara would, would probably be favored in that. But like, if, for example, uh the the whatever you want to call elimination not this whatever it is you know uh, where you tie the rubber in the jungle zone. i think i think sarah would destroy car oh for sure but I that's think she would destroy her. i think sarah would destroy a lot of people in elimination yep. like that though i think yep. that's really something that she would excel at um, but i think even other small eliminations i don't know i i see I see Sarah as being a very strong competitor up against Kara. I think Kara is seen as so strong right now because she's the most physically fit. And mm -hmm. the girls in the house don't understand that that's not really all that matters. And so this game has become all about physicality as opposed to, you know, people playing up their strength and their savviness. That's one of the reasons I like Marie so much. I think she brings the whole cast down to earth a bit physically and she makes the game a little bit more political, which I enjoy. I've always enjoyed that. Ooh, we got... Um... I believe we have Rhonda watching the video right now. Oh my God, we do. And I, and I just want to say, I got respect for Rhonda. Always have. Rhonda, I want to see you come back. I, I want to see, I've already said this before, I want to see everyone come together and play one epic virtual challenge season. One more. I would because... really love that, man. I would honestly love that. I think that would be so much fun. It would be lit. And nobody can argue really with with a few exceptions but those first like four or five seasons that everyone played together were crazy yeah those you were can, so much fun those. 
Yeah, honestly, those were so much fun. I think, um, you know, me and Rhonda made up. Me and everybody made up. Uh, mm-hmm. People don't always get my jokes, but 99% of the time, I'm joking. You know that. That's why we always had such a great banter yeah. relationship yeah. back and forth. That's important. And, um, and I think I think, uh, I think Rhonda's cool. And like I said, I appreciate yeah. them giving us the okay on challenge talk. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I want to be a part of all challenge communities. I went through <laughs> the other night and added myself to every MTV group there was on Facebook. <laughs> and it turns out... You know, some of our typical ones aren't the only super active groups there are. So yeah. there's some, you know, I was seeing, you know, 30 posts a day, 10 posts a day on average. So those are some active groups, active communities I definitely want to be a part of. I think it's uh, important to spread ourselves out for sure. Um, all right. So let's move on. Uh, let's move on into the episode. I think it's time we just get to final reckoning. Yes. Um, so the first thing that I noticed when the episode opened up, and I did want to point this out. I don't know how MTV goes about their music choices or whatever. I know that some people have accused MTV of like taking ideas from other people that they hear out in the community. So they open the show with this this Vince Staples song. It's it's called Big Fish. I'm a big fan of the song. It's um it's it's a dope track as the kids say. But the first time I heard the song coincidentally was on another challenge podcast. Um, it was the, the team DSS podcast. Or I, I forget what they call it. Um, which one, uh, man, what do they call it? You I, I know they advertise it on, on Vevmo now. It, it's team DSS. Uh, I don't know this one. Yeah. They, they interview a lot of awesome people on there. Like do they've they? had Landon on their coral, Ooh. Like all old tours plus Marie goes on there every once in a while. And the first time I ever heard this song was on an interview they did with Maya and that, that was this this song was like the outro that they bumped <laughs> and i'm wondering if like somebody from mtv just listens to that stuff and they're like oh this is a good song let's let's keep this in mind and let's put it on the show that was just a little interesting tidbit off the top i i actually love the challenge music because they always will randomly play some sort of psytrancy beats yeah. <laughs> and i'll get really yeah. excited about everything and they'll even throw in like dubstep and random shit all the time the music on the show has changed so much because music used to be such a huge component of the network and it would bleed over onto the challenge like that was a big deal and there were so many people watching that i think they would give certain songs and artists a bump yeah. on the show hoping that that would get them over in the mainstream but now that the music industry is so different it's not really a part a component that they focus on anymore yeah i think it's more scoring a little bit less music kind of vibes but yeah i definitely could see that yeah. um all right so episode episode let's talk about last night's which overall i would just have to say compared to last week I think that we saw an improvement only because we really got to see all the twists on play. Um, So I thought that was cool. It really gave us some sort of excitement and something to look forward to in the future. Um, And I think it was, it was all in all pretty well. Um, They gave us, you know, some answers. They've been dragging out answers for two episodes now. So we finally figured out what's the structure, how people are going to be playing. Mm -hmm. And that gives us a lot more to dive into. We don't just have to worry about interpersonal drama in the house. Yeah, exactly. Um, we still start off with lots of house drama. You'll see it. I mean, we always start off these episodes with lots of filler. Uh, yep. And this week was no different. We had Derek and Tori 
I don't know. I'm kind of over that little fight. I think Derek just needs to shut up and stop being, you know, a victim in the situation. Yes, Tori maybe had a fishy start with Jordan, but those two are so madly in love. You know, if it meant that someone had to slightly cheat on me in order to get to like a person that they're seriously so in love with, when you Mm -hmm. could tell that Derek and Tori weren't that like what they were just they They were were dating for like a month. They were like cutesy dating. No one, you know, it wasn't the same kind of passion that you can really see when Tori and Jordan look at each other. So I think he Mm -hmm. just needs to get over that ASAP and just be done with it. Um, And we move on into. (laughs) Oh, man, this was great. All right. So we move on into some Brad, Kyle, Polly, Amanda, Shane. It was like lots of juice happening within those little moments. Um, Shane was drunk. Shane was Shane was clearly shit faced. And he said as much. She so. was so drunk. And he kept being like, I'm sorry. But then saying all the same things he was sorry about. I, uh, like... I, I have him quoted the same Johnny woman bananas. Was... <laughs> that was an interesting insult. But I loved it. Oh, my God. That was funny. Yeah, that was great. And you had Polly also mentioning, you know, that Kyle shouldn't be bitter because he has like a friendship with Kara, which I thought was a load of bullshit. It's like, obviously, that's more than a friendship. Please stop playing it down. Um, And I think that there's something to be said about Kyle with Shane, because had somebody come after me like Shane did to me, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would be. I don't know. It seems like Kyle's being all right about the whole thing. He didn't vote him I in. I think Kyle has just accepted the fact that what he did is weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you have to know that if you cut your entire face open and oh, get, like, yeah. a perma beard and, and perma hair transplant and a new chin, according to Shane. Oh, yeah, chin implants. It's <laughs> well, got to accept some criticism. Chin implants are common. It's actually hilarious. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the UK, I think the plastic surgery of reality TV stars is really a whole other level. Mm-hmm. Even than what you would think of in America, I actually think that they do more work um, and more drastic work, too. So to him, you know, he's coming to this audience. And yeah, he has to accept that. I mean, for fuck's sake, he's wearing a bandana the whole time. He knows it's not perfect. <laughs> he's literally yeah. LeBroning out. <laughs> Um, we also got Kara, like pretty much politicking with everyone after the challenge. Like she just goes to all sides. She's Mm. she's politicking with Kyle and she goes to Brad and she's talking to her roommates. And once again, like, is this a victim? This is not a victim. This is an aggressor in the house who's just politicking all over the place. Who do you think actually has... If you had to pick people in the house, who would you say actually has Kara's back? Like, what are your, what do you think your top three would be? Well, number one with a bullet is fucking Johnny. Mm. And I've already said that the Kara and Johnny relationship disgusts me. Rivalry. Yeah, rivalry. <laughs> it's the worst. Uh, so you know that Kara and Johnny have each other's back 100%. Uh, so by relation uh johnny's partner as well so tony and tony and car have had some issues but mm. you know um paulie's team which we'll, we'll get to i guess that last long oh yeah and natalie's quite close to her i guess yeah and then obviously car and tori are now i didn't know it, it looks like she they were doing a thing i didn't know that was a thing did that start preseason or was that i guess i guess from based on what carl was saying you know that's those are the people in her room so, but obviously we know that these people work this stuff out ahead of time. Like obviously yeah. they contacted each other before the season. They ended up in the same room, mm. um, which is interesting because Car and Jordan and Jordan, like I believe there's legitimate beef there. Uh, that's what I was wondering about because 
even though there's obviously tons of beef with um, tons of beef with with Jordan and stuff, I think that he's also a really smart guy. So he would probably say to you know to Tori like align with Kara kind of a yeah. thing. I could see that being something that would happen. Um, I just want to say to Greg. I see what you're saying here. I I, I, I want to highlight a couple of those things. I, some of the things that you're saying I have in my notes, mm. and we, w- we will get to that. I feel very similar to the way that you do. So we will get to that for sure. Um, but, yeah, so I think Carr is trying to play up this alliance with Natalie, Tori, her and Johnny. We know are looking out for each other. Yeah. And, um, I mean, the the way everything went just kind of left Car with with egg on her face. You know, she blew up her partner like right away. Yeah, that was pretty shitty. I wasn't a fan of that one. Like, no, it, it was. They it was just evil. made a deal. They literally just made a deal, and that's your partner. That's someone you actually have to build trust with. I never understand why they don't. I don't know. It's as if they. I mean, even if I had to play with someone that I really hated, if it's for a fucking million dollars. million dollars on the line. Like, how how, how petty like, can you get? Coordinate. <laughs> it's not it that crazy. Clearly, was not al- aligning herself with the best people because one of her strongest alliances went in right away. Yeah. So uh, Marie was, you know, Marie was thinking straight. <laughs> I love Marie. Yeah, and Cara and Kyle. I mean, that whole thing is so cringe. I just hope it stops soon. Um, anyway, so let's go to... Oh, wait, actually, let's this one quote from Kyle is really hilarious. We have to throw this in here. So Kyle was in one of his interviews and he goes, could you make me look like a stupid idiot rather than a dickhead? And I just (laughs) thought that was so good because it really hit the nail on the head with, you know, a cast speaking to a producer about everything that reality TV is, which is essentially them turning these people into characters. So Kyle, you know, he wants to be the idiot character, less so the asshole character. I respect that. Um, yeah, and he does it with a certain charm. He's got the accent working for him. So it's, it's, I get a laugh out of it. Yeah, I think there's also something to remember. Kara has no fucking idea who she is dealing with when it comes to these sort of dating games because mm-hmm. Jordies do not mess around. Anybody who has watched Jordy Shore and watching what Kara is doing now would just be like, girl, what are you doing? Like, you have no yeah. idea who you're playing with. Kyle would go and bang the rest of the house. Like, that's what Jordies do. They, like, you, sleep with you thousands are the of resident, people. <laughs> the resident Jordy expert. So Definitely. I believe it 100%. Yeah, for sure. So let's go on to Tony and Bananas. Something that I think is kind of important that I think Bananas needs to appreciate more is the fact that Tony is probably saving him politically this season because Mm -hmm. Bananas was on the downfall before. You know, he was sliding the slope from all of his power that he used to have. People were falling off his alliance train left, right, and center. So I think Tony being that new spice and that new energy, that younger, almost younger Bananas has now gathered a lot more trustworthy allies. And I think because of that, bananas actually has a chance in this season granted that would have been the same for almost any of his vendettas that they would have picked because i think a lot of them would have had uh, you know all the people who hate bananas his pull <laughs> <laughs> but still i think uh, i think tony gives him a lot of political power that he doesn't even realize um i i definitely think so tony has some connections like you said with a lot of people that, that johnny's not necessarily in with uh johnny's starting to run into a lot of roadblocks um I do think that they are going to be targets for sure. Like early on, I, I, I think they're going to they're going to see some heat once this whole craziness with Kara and Kyle and Polly gets sorted out in the house. I think then the sights will get set on Johnny from there. You think they'll be next up after that, basically? Yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Hopefully, I like when people target him. 
All right, so let's go on to the comment that Shane made about Angela, which I thought was kind of hilarious. It was, Angela is being manipulated by Johnny. Um, and to me, I think it's probably the exact opposite. I think that Angela is in there doing work. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, she, you know, she probably does like him. You know, he's cute in person, seems charming, all that. But I think Angela knows exactly what she's doing and exactly what she's playing at. So I'm not so sure that, you know, Johnny's the one doing the manipulating here. Well, I totally agree. And Angela and Faith continue to impress they're they're killing it right now. They really are. Um, they're, they're making me like content, them. <laughs> they're hooking up. They're competing. They're getting in fights. It's the challenge trifecta. Mm. I I mean, listen, episode one, you heard me. I wasn't the biggest fan, right? I wasn't an Angela one. fan. But man, she's like she's she's just being savvy. It's nice. It's good character. Good TV. So uh, I I do want to highlight. What Greg said, Greg, you are throwing some heat right now in the comments section, my friend. I'm going to quote Greg on this. He what said that after speaking with Jordan at the volleyball throwdown event, that uh, he asked about his opinion on running a final and running a final with with Cara and certain other partners. Jordan emphatically stated that Sarah is by far his first choice for a final, and he truly didn't want to run with Cara. He respects Cara as a person, but he prefers partners with different competitive strengths. It's almost exactly what we were saying about Cara versus Sarah. Greg, thank you. Jordan, thank you. Thank you, Greg. I, I rest my case. Yeah. I rest my case. I honestly And think... you know what? Maybe MTV should give us Sarah versus Cara. That'd be fantastic television. Let's that see be, it. That'd be a good one-off. They should just do little duels. I, maybe uh, maybe when old school versus new school happens. I would love to see that happen. I think, you know, the reason why Jordan would rather run a final with Sarah is the exact same reason why we believe that Sarah definitely, you know, is a, is up there in terms of being able to give Kara a run for her money mm-hmm. um, competition-wise. You know, Sarah has her head on her shoulders. Jordan's not someone who likes to crack under pressure. You know, even if he can't do something or it's hard, that's not his mentality. It's not to freak out. It's not to you know, panic. I'm sure he was the type to just go in and take tests and, you know, walk right out and be fine kind of a thing. Yes. And I mean, obviously, if you look at it from both sides, like clearly this is a good debate. There's there's juice on both sides of this. Yeah. There's a lot of people who can say Cara. There's a lot of people who can say Sarah. That's what makes a good debate. And people are passionate about it. Mm. Moving on from that um, is another point that we alluded to. So we finally figure out some of the voting structure. All right. So we get all the politicking and everyone sits down and TJ comes in. And he says, all right, you're all going to vote. And then he says, you're all going to vote in secret. You're going to go to the deliberation room. I love this part. I popped immediately. I was like, thank God. We have needed this. They brought back cutthroat-style voting with a twist, as we found out later. But in that moment, and what he said was so perfect. He said, no more pile-on voting. No, no more, more burn, burn voting. Which, by the way, oh, my God. <laughs> We've seen some of, like, literally, just the word burn vote has been murdered the last two seasons. And it's been so poorly Used? attempted by people like Brittany and... Burn vote. Like, come <laughs> it's, on. <laughs> it's, it's been embarrassing. So uh, I think they're sparing some of the cast members by getting rid of that. Mm. But when, when he sent Nelson and Shane into the deliberation room, I was hyped up. That was some fresh blood. Did you know? So I, I wasn't sure who was going to go in. I was actually I was actually very unsure because I wasn't I wasn't really clear on the direction everybody was going in and who was really. It seemed like there was a lot of dislike for a lot of teams going around, but not necessarily a lot of who's the better team 
that we could take out. Like, it didn't seem like that was much of a strategy going. It was just seemed, who should we send in as opposed to... So I was worried that Shane and Nelson would go in, which I didn't want to see. I didn't think But then, <laughs> I'm very happy that you brought this up, the lack mm. of a strategy. Uh, one of my notes that I made is that Paulie and Natalie, who were on the chopping block, voted for Sylvia and Joss. They were the only people who voted <laughs> Sylvia and Joss. Like, aren't the aren't the Big Brother uh, people supposed to have all this strategy and voting tactics? That was such a stupid burn vote. <laughs> yeah, that was so dumb. They voted Sylvia and Joss. It makes no sense. Like, why would you not vote Shane and Nelson there? Like, it was pretty clear that there were two or three teams on the mm. chopping block, Angela and it wasn't Faith. Sylvia and yeah. Joss at all. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it was. I think if I was on the block like that, I would have wanted to have stacked votes on another team that could potentially go in instead of me so oh yeah yeah that's, i think that, I mean, that was that a weird move just be like you know 101 Definitely. And, and you'd think that these people would know that but i don't know i I, I don't know if it's the same kind of game because i feel like in big brother well no they go in they vote anonymously i don't know i think it was i think it was a weird move all around i think voting in general was a little bit strange i would have loved to see more strategizing and a little bit less popularity contest style voting which was definitely what it felt like to me mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. also something you know to tie into the vr world when tj announced secret voting and you know no more bs no more this i just imagined amy <laughs> <laughs> shout out to amy varner right there in her th southern accent being like no more voting no more burn votes no more bs no more of this and just announcing this whole twist it's very much like her if so. tj ever steps down Amy Varner would be such a great replacement host. <laughs> I would love that. Oh my god, I would her, her and Joy put on just an all-time, all-time season. If you guys ever want to join Virtual Challenge or get into it, you got to ask him about Secret Vendettas. We'll tell you about it, and you'll be hooked. Yeah, you definitely will be. All right, so Secret Voting, that was pretty cool. And then what I thought was even cooler was when they announced the votes but not for everyone which i think is awesome mm -hmm. they just announced it for who's going in and i thought that was just a badass twist honestly after a couple weeks of mtv kind of spinning their wheels when we were getting all this stuff like this is what i was hoping for and i was very intrigued in the previews by seeing this armageddon concept and seeing the light up steps and platforms like what is going on here and then it comes out and uh it, it really shook things up mm -hmm. and i appreciated that yeah, and I mean the whole – listen, I've been working a lot on set design here in my studio. Um, so it's definitely not this side. My studio's on that side. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there's been a lot a lot of learning that I've been doing in that area. So when I see a really nicely designed set with great lighting and oh, lots yeah. of features, I just – I don't know. It thrills me. It's I mean that thing pops right away. Mm. And the it's, lights it's, on the it's ground. It's like the Thunderdome. Oh. It was awesome. I loved it. It reminds me of those like side trance, those small side trance festival stages <laughs> or mm -hmm. the chill stage or one of those. It just felt very much like that. I could see that happening. So with now that we know all the rules and you see the structure, you see the secret votes, but then the votes become clear based on who goes in. Mm. Um, there's so many possibilities for voting now. There's so many strategizing possibilities. And I have a couple thoughts about it that, that I like one will this encourage more strategy or will this discourage people from trying to make power moves like are people going to be scared to vote in stronger teams knowing that they might get called into elimination it's interesting I think I don't I don't know I don't know see the, the way that I see this is that it could go 
a few different routes, but I'm I'm foreseeing it being a few people really wanting to strategize mm -hmm. and then the rest of the house not necessarily caring enough or wanting to. So they just sort of vote however they want. Um, that I don't know. That's the real way I see that going down. Almost, you know, like in VR vendettas when we were all trying to coordinate some of the rigged voting and things like that. Yes. And just, you know, people gave up. It t yeah, it takes people, sometimes people don't figure out, like, the proper strategy right away. Like, yeah. one person gets it, and then people catch on, and then they follow the trend. And I was trying to think who this system will benefit. And I'm thinking that Shane is the kind of player who would Ooh. be able to figure out the way to properly manipulate the votes. I could see that. Like, if I, if I were in position, if I were playing that game... I think the goal would be to convince a large number of people, let's all pile on votes on this person. Yeah. But then you change, but then you change, like Shane and Nelson would change their vote in there. So then they don't light up. Everybody else does. Things like that. that yeah, but that then would you're be slightly screwed because people find out and you weren't lit up. So you've got to save that kind of strategy. <laughs> exactly. It's sort of a one-off. You've got to, you got to think about every possible move and repercussion, yeah. which is what makes these games and these seasons so fun and still worth watching. Yeah, definitely. I think that there's going to be a there's going to be a lot to watch there and how people go about it. I think obviously, you know, this was, you know, this time they didn't know that their votes were going to be announced, but now next time they will. So there's going to be more at play, I think, than um, just what it was before. I think you'll see teams, you know, like Sylvia and Joss not necessarily strategize as much, sort of go, you know, go along with the flow. Um, I think, yeah, you're right. You know, Shane's probably going to put more work into, you know, the thought that goes into that. I think you'll see teams like Kara and Marie just continuously fighting and not really making any decisions. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a trade off. You know, it's going to be like, well, fuck, I chose last time. So, you know, let me yeah. choose this time. Uh, I think we'll get fed up. So moving back a little bit before we get into the elimination itself, um, we did get some. Redemption. Redemption House action. Mm, and once again, I mean, this shit has been entertaining. I, I cannot deny it. I like Redemption House. It's a cool crew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we get, I, I mean, Devon, again, this is three straight weeks where she's just dropping like a very memorable quote. Uh, she says, in reference to Brittany, that bitch is batshit crazy. <laughs> Which I love that. Um, I love that. I love Davon. She's she's her commentary is so on point all the time. She's killing it. Uh, I loved the truth or dare segment because then everybody, you know, Jemmy and Jenna say, "Yeah, we pretty much only played truth or dare to try and get Brittany and Chuck to, you know, to, yeah, to fuck to with them, fight with each other, or, or yeah, to to start fooling around." That was great politicking. That well, that's see, that's the thing. Is so, Jemmy, I, okay, not to be insensitive, but ever since Knight passed away, I always felt mm -hmm. like Jemmy, when she came back on the show, embraced a lot more of that part of her personality um, mm -hmm. because he was gone. So it was less of her yelling at him to stop and more of her being like, oh, you know, I should come on and, you know, just do this for loads of fun. And, you know, now I feel like she's sort of clicked in her mind, like why he trolled so much, because at the end of the day, it does bring you a little bit of entertainment and joy. So, you know, the new Jemmy that we're seeing now, instead of crying over ketchup, is throwing ketchup all over everybody's faces. <laughs> so I think that she's she's really embraced that part of her and that sort of shit stir and i love it <laughs> i love it um i do as well uh she also jenny also dropped a great quote she said "Brittany, i love you 
girl, but you're a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Which that one. That was so great. spot on. And I, you know, this Britney and Chuck stuff is wild. I mean, Britney is on 10 mm. and Chuck is like, what the fuck is going on here? Chuck's He's like trying to two. make sense of it. <laughs> Chuck looks like he has so much weed still inside of him that he can't even <laughs> open his eyes properly to keep up with whatever the fuck Bernie is throwing at him. That's yeah. exactly what it looks like. I I mean, listen, I, I want to see Chuck again. I hope that they don't go home. I hope we see him. I hope he comes back from redemption. I liked him on Are You the One? So I think it'll be cool. Um, and so far, that seems promising. She called him Charles. Did you hear that? Yeah. It <laughs> was so funny. Like an old man. I loved it. It was so funny. You're so stubborn, Charles, or whatever she said to him. <laughs> yeah, that was just great. So yeah, Redemption was gold. Yeah, that was our slice of, uh, of the Redemption house. I liked it. It was um, a good slice. Uh, we went back into the main house, which there's just one comment that kept appearing throughout the show that I think we have to touch on, which, I don't know, it drove me crazy every time people would say it, which is, it's so different because this season we're paired with vendettas and with vendettas, people have different alliances. I just kept thinking <laughs> to myself, so rivals one, two, three, X is one, two, whatever. I'm like, are you kidding me? Have you guys never seen this show? <laughs> like, that's been the entire theme for the past yeah. however many seasons. Things are probably, you know, a, uh, I think it's clear like some parts of the show are a little more scripted than it used to be in the past, where mm. there's certain talking points that the producers like want you to get across. Yeah, they definitely say push for those. Say mm. that it's a dirty game, you know, wh- you whatever tell. buzzwords they're trying to get going. Yeah, yeah, you can tell, and you can also tell like someone like Veronica, who's sort of over giving her own commentary and doesn't really care as much is just, you know, giving the producers good narration to carry yes. the story along. Which is why I, I think we all want to see the Mean Girls reunion because I think that'll bring the true queen out of the, you know, she's got Tina and Rachel there. She'll be back. I would love to see her, Tina and Rachel. <laughs> oh my God. What a golden trio. I would love that. Yeah. Instant content right there. So we get all the Redemption House stuff. We've gone through the voting. And then we get to the elimination itself. We get the selection process where uh, Natalie and Pauly, they see all the people that voted for them. I mean, they, you know, they played up the drama of it. I, I think everybody was positive. Like, of course, you're going to call out Cam and Kaylee in yeah, the situation. Yeah, no, that was an easy choice. Yeah, easy choice, which... At first, before we saw how it played out, it, uh, going back to what you said last week, I was like, how are they going to do this? Once again, this is like a gendered situation. You've got a guy in the mix. And yeah, apparently well, there was some controversy over how this all played out. All right. So you could tell, right, when I actually think they would have been smarter to pick a team that had a guy or mm-hmm. have Natalie get the pieces. Because I think the tension on the bungee that Cam was using was obviously like yes. nothing compared to the tension on the bungee that Polly was using cam being one of the stronger females and Polly being one of the sort of weaker males i think that put them at a huge disadvantage so had natalie been the one getting the pieces and Polly been the one you know putting them together i think that would have been a much smarter play on their part yes and uh, you know that's this has definitely made the rounds today where Carr went on Twitter saying, "Hey, I just want to say, just want to say, no, uh, I don't want to discredit Cam or all them, but like it was clear that Paulie's bands were a lot tighter, and you know, so people have been analyzing this like, well, there there was a disadvantage there, but I mean, that's 
that's the nature of the game. This shit happens all the time. And MTV kind of put themselves in a bind because you have mm. the gender situation. So they're trying to balance it out based on body weight or whatever. And Cam, pro- it seemed like she had a much easier time getting the pieces. And... Well, her bungee made it almost all the way to yeah. where her pieces yeah. were. So you could yeah, there just... was like no, there was like no strain for her. There was no yeah. struggle on it. You could see that. You could see that it was pretty clear. And I think, you know, like you said, MTV, they really, you know, they... They put themselves in this situation, so they have to sort of deal with it. And I don't think that it was, you know, they they weren't faring it out in terms of trying to do it by body weight. I think it was just male versus female. So then because of that, because you have Cam, who's a little bit stronger and sort of stockier as a female, going up against Polly, who's, you know, a lot more lightweight compared to the other males, that's that's a difference right there. That's a huge difference. Um, If I was production... To keep things fair, I would have had the two girls go up and get the pieces and then a guy and a girl putting them together. Those are equal equal playing field, putting the pieces together. So I think they could have gone about it in that way. I don't think um, that it was production's choice, though. I think it was Polly and Natalie's choice to put Polly there, assuming that, you know, as yes. a guy, he could go and get them faster. It would give them some sort of advantage. But obviously that was the wrong play. Um, I like that spin on it. Like there there was strategy involved and they just didn't realize it. I yeah. I. I I can, I can see that. I could definitely see it being that they pick that and then, you know, he goes in to start competing and they realize like they, you know, they done fucked up basically. I think that with all that in mind, um, just as the elimination was starting or before the elimination was starting, something that we've touched on every week in here, this kill a cam shit, (laughs) we got it. We got an overdose of it this week and I was ready to drag cam she did manage to win the elimination, so I cannot fully drag her, but I was ready to go in. I heard Kill a Cam like seven times. She keeps calling herself Kill a Cam. She's yelling, like she's blowing my ears out in her confessionals. She's going in. Like, Cam, I appreciate the sass. I appreciate the fire, but I, I, I don't know. Some of it is just too forced. That's also editing's fault, though. Why the fuck don't they adjust the levels on some of these confessionals? It's like, why do I have <laughs> yeah, to? Yeah, they, keep... they they like want her to rock your ears or something. <laughs> they definitely um... do. I always have to adjust my volume, and it's so annoying. They should be doing that for us. Yeah, Killicam. That listen, that'll always get to me because I just find it really annoying. But yes. you know, if she keeps winning these, and at the end of the day, there's only so much we can say. You know, per situation, per elimination. Obviously, you know these weren't, these haven't been the toughest eliminations that we've ever seen. But there is something to be said for someone who's been this consistent. And the way she was supporting Kaylee to me, that was awesome. I love that because I hate when you get these partners who go into an elimination and you have one person basically shitting on the other person the whole time. I hate that environment. I hate that feeling. So I think, you know, she was motivating Kaylee the whole time, who's not the sharpest tool in the, in the shed. If you've seen anything that she's done before, you know Kaylee is not a puzzle master. So the fact that she even got this done while Cam was encouraging her and all of that, I thought that was I pretty great. I respected that a lot because I, I think it was clear that Cam was, like, taking charge and, and, and being that voice mm-hmm. kind of helping her with the puzzle. So I do respect that. I'm not going to be totally biased against it. Cam, you annoy me, but... That was a good win. But you did well. Uh, we've <laughs> got another fantasy matchup in the comments section from Greg. Put Cam up against Beth. <laughs> Who, who's going to come out of that one? Cam versus Beth. Cam versus Beth. That'd be fun. That'd be a good That'd one. That'd be awesome. They're both of similar weight classes, I think. Unless Beth has I don't, – I, don't, I haven't seen Beth recently, but that would be I know great. My man, uh, my man Eman, E-Money, says that Beth's in much better shape these days. You know, she's Ooh. really looking out for herself. So, yeah, she might not be – she might not be as much of a beast, but 
would love to see Beth up again. I've got a little old school bias, so I think Beth would come out on top. I would just love to see that, even if she doesn't. Like that would be such a good that would be such a good competition. I love Killer Kaylee. Just another reason. I think we should to give us old school versus new school. We should push Killer Kaylee. (laughs) Maybe just to piss off Cam, but we'll just push Killer (laughs) Kaylee. Killer Kaylee loads. It's also funny because she's so not a killer. So I think that's a cute one. I definitely got a laugh out of that. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, that. maybe on the oh my god. What are they saying? So maybe on the the Cam Beth point, we could we could post out like uh, we could do a, a pick collage. You know, Beth competing on one side, Cam on the other side. Mm. You know, figure out who's gonna win. See what people we're, say. We're giving you guys ideas live on the air. Don't steal that from us. Yeah, we're, we're going to get some votes out there for you guys. I think it's a good idea to sort of ponder who would win against who in some of these, you know, new school versus old school type people um, and see where they stack up for sure. I... Yeah, because we want to see new school versus old school. We we all want it. So let's promote those matchups. Yeah, uh, I 100%. think that is a very... Uh, like poignant topic to to be pushing right now some of these fantasy matchups that they could make happen like who wouldn't want to see tony go up against mark long fuck that's a good one i mean mark would crash him but mark would crash him tony's too clumsy mark's mark's not lost shape he's probably gotten in better shape since then he's an adonis of a man and he's got personality and charisma how tall is mark package six something uh, he's like six three, I think. Six three, and Tony's Billy, what? Billy's a little bit taller than him, right? Isn't there yeah. a picture of Billy standing towering over Mark Long? Yeah, there's also a picture That's of impressive. Billy towering over CT and shit. It's so funny. It's like they all look small. Next, like, Derek looks like an elf. <laughs> Billy just said that he thinks new school versus old school would be dumb. Billy, I'm done with you, Shawnee. You're gonna have to penalize him for that. I will. I will do so. Not cool. I, I think that it would be an awesome season. Whether or not, I think they need, just need to get an, a good old school cast together. A competitive old school cast together. That's what would save it. That would make it awesome. But a few more things in the elimination, just to shit on Polly um, one last time. <laughs> <laughs> because he was pissing me off so much. His lingo mm-hmm. that he uses. Oh my god. What did he say? He goes, and I quote, Lil bitch boy Kyle. <laughs> Like, who are you? You're a meme, yes. Polly. You're a yeah. meme. Clearly, Polly has a lot of experience talking shit with, with lines like that. <laughs> um, him and Carl probably scripted that one together before the elimination. Like, hey, say this. Call him a little bitch boy. Probably more thought put into that than the note gate. Ooh. Oh, God. Anyways, um, all right, so that's pretty much the episode. The preview looks cool with the double cross. I'm excited to see what that is going to be about. Not really sure where that goes into. Um, When they had, when I was watching it, the link that I had actually cut the elimination off about halfway through. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I thought it was, you know, stay tuned on next week. And that's when we saw the winners. I was pretty pissed off about that until I found another link. Watch the full elimination. All Um, right, there you go. Uh, The big tease from uh, the the uh, preview for next week is I, I guess there's going to be some kind of Polly and Zach confrontation. Oh yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. I when they were that. yelling at each other, mm-hmm. which I'm, I'm into. I'm excited for um, that. I think Zach will shut him down. Honestly. Oh yeah. I can't see Polly. First of all, just physically, I can't even see them arguing. It'd be like a Shawnee arguing against Shaquille O'Neal. 
<laughs> I feel like that's a similar height difference. <laughs> or Shawnee arguing against Billy. That's that's also a similar height difference. Yeah, difference that's a funny right one. There. We don't really argue that much, but that's a funny one. Well, you're gonna you're gonna after this old school new school take. I, I think you need to uh, tell him to stop stop insulting my dream season. Yeah, we'll try. <laughs> All right. Well, that's all for now um, from the Saniac podcast. We just have a few little announcements on behalf of our page. Hannah's Hit List is our new written recap um, coming to you from Hannah, who's an amazing recapper. She does awesome reacts. It's funny because so much of what she wrote down was a lot of what I was thinking. I definitely love reading hers, um, her reactions every week. So those will be on the SaniacPodcast.com. We'll post links for that all over. And it's called Hannah's Hit List. So stay tuned for that. And Saniac Podcast, as always, follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. Well, Facebook, you're already here, so. And uh, just an update on the, the virtual side of things. There's a few new seasons starting. Uh, our, our man Carlito's got a, a new season of The Mole starting up. I'm going to be taking part in that. Uh, Aaron's got the Secret Dirty Duel coming up. They're still taking applications for that. Couple, couple of big time rookies coming in there. You know, I, I'm hearing that people are people are starting to think that Emily, she's a she's a rising talent in the uh, in the virtual challenge game. She, she could be a future power player. Wait, is this the one who didn't do the rap against you? Yes, yeah, it's her. <laughs> I hope she's improved. <laughs> Yeah, she she might bust out some bars in this season. Uh, I know Rhonda was saying in the comment section that, that she's got a season coming up on you know through through the challenge talk group. So there's a lot of different options if you guys want to get involved. Yeah, definitely, and it's possible that you might see a Suisa and Calhoun recap um, and or weekly live type session for Dirty Duel or Secret Dirty Duel. So stay tuned for that, and thank you everybody for tuning in. Bye, guys. Thank you.